Thank you for tuning in. We trust you will feel encouraged, uplifted, and inspired to build God's kingdom with us. Enjoy the message. Hello, Barn family. Things have changed a lot in the last couple of uh, days, not even weeks. On Sunday, everything was normal at church. Sunday night, our president made an announcement and an appeal to uh, churches and businesses uh, to work with him as a government, and we decided that's exactly what we're going to do. From Monday, we had meetings after meetings after meetings trying to work out how we are going to do church different this next couple of weeks. Monday night, we had a late meeting with a number of our elders and leaders in the church, and since then, we've just been implementing and changing. It has been an amazing week. Uh, you know, I've had little sleep and just wondering and asking the Lord what should we be doing to make this as normal as possible, as impactful as possible, and to continue to minister to you as a church, but also to our community out there as well. So I find it really appropriate to talk to you uh, today about um, the Good Shepherd. Uh, we're into that I Am series, remember. We're not going to stop it. We're just changing it a little bit. So for the next few weeks, we want to speak to you about the, the Lord Jesus saying, I I am the shepherd. And what did he actually mean by all of this? So I can't obviously go through all the details, but would like to just share a couple of things uh, with you today. So really my thoughts are around Jesus as the great shepherd and what his motive was. His motive was that of love. His motivation was love. And that's sort of where I want to uh, talk around um, with you this morning. So let's go to John chapter 10. You may be sitting at home uh, with your life group or a watch group or maybe on your own, uh, please open your Bible, um, and I'm sure you've got a cup of coffee there, or some hot chocolate, or something, and let's read it together. John chapter 10, verse 1, and I'll read a couple of verses from there. It says this, I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep's pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters the gate uh, is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listens to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they are or they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever come before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate, he says. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and out and find pasture. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and life to its full. Here's one of my favorite verses in the Bible that I quote so many times. And then he goes on in verse 11 and says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And the hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and run away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scattered. The man runs away because he is hired and cares nothing for the sheep. 
I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep in. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my father. Then a little bit on it goes in to say, Jesus answered, I tell you, but you do not believe the miracles I do in my Father's name for me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They shall never perish and no one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. You see, my dear friend, you need to notice a couple of things from this passage this morning. Number one is twice in just a few lines, in just a few verses, Jesus repeats these words and he says this. He says, I am the good shepherd in verse 11 and in verse 14. And yet in my Bible, I use the NIV Bible. It says, the heading even says, the good shepherd. In other words, he is not just a shepherd, but he is a good one. And the emphasis today is on Jesus as the good shepherd. I know that most of you, some of you are married. And if you're married, you will know that sometimes your wife repeats something. Uh, just after a few seconds, she will say something again. She's not nagging, she says. She's just very serious about what she wants or what she wants you to know. And Jesus is not nagging, but he's quite serious this, uh, in, in these words. He wants us to know that his motive and his motivation when it comes to dealing with the sheep, you and me, is from a, a heart of a good shepherd. And that's what I really want us to take home today and meditate on the basis or the platform from which Jesus operates, from the platform from which he deals with us is the platform of being a good shepherd. Because of the way I was brought up at home, at school, and even in the society we live in, I still find from time to time myself operating in the mode of trying to please to be loved, please to be accepted. Sometimes we worry about other people's things because of the way we were brought up. Sometimes we live our lives trying to please people and we bring that same kind of thing in our, to, into our relationship with God. Many of us in our relationship with God from time to time, we'll just have to stop and evaluate why we are doing the things for God that we are doing. Is it from a basis of trying to win the approval of God? We had a very interesting talk among some of us the other day in, in, in the boardroom, and, and this topic came up about why do we do what we do for God? And secondly, is, is it, do we sometimes feel we do things and, and we will win or lose God's approval like, like he, he will fall in and out of love with us quickly and time and time again? And I think we, we've got to really get over that and understand that this good shepherd works 
Um, he operates from a motive of love, a motivation of love towards you and me. Unlike us, he does not fall in and out of love towards us all the time. You see, the word good, my friend, simply means this, is to be morally upright or to be righteous. Now, we know that Jesus is morally upright. We know that he is righteous. But, but really, that is not really the context of this scripture. But we've got to remember that he is moral, morally upright. He's righteous. That's who he is. But at the moment, he's trying to communicate to us the heart of a shepherd. And in this context, that's what he wants you and I to get, his heart as a shepherd. And I think he must have had Psalm 23 in his mind as well when he, he spoke about himself as the good shepherd. And in Psalm 23, it speaks about a shepherd that leads, a shepherd that uh, leads people to green pastures, a shepherd that provides, a shepherd that protects, a shepherd that even when we are broken will take us into his arms and willing to fix us. You see, the relationship of a believer towards Christ and the other way around is that of sheep and a shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd and we are his sheep. John 10 spell, spells out a couple of things that I want to highlight and I hope you've got a pen and a piece of paper there as well because Jesus speaks about himself as the shepherd and you and I as the sheep and some wonderful things he's highlighting here that I think is so important for us to get hold of and to uh, live this week and to really meditate on. The first thing is that Christ has received you as a gift from the Father. Have you ever thought of yourself like that as somebody who's been given to the Father as a gift? My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Verse 29 of John 10. Christ's sheep are a gift from the Father that Jesus, on the other hand, receives. Now, how would you know if you are really one of the sheep of the Lord Jesus Christ? How would you know today if you have been given by the Father to the Lord Jesus Christ? I think there are three identifying marks from this passage that really shows us whether we are or have been given to the Lord Jesus by the Father. He says, my sheep hear my voice. He says, my sheep know me and I know them. He says, and my sheep follow me. You see, many of us feel that when we believe, we're okay. But let me tell you this, and, and, it, and it's really important to understand it, that there are people who say that they believe, and I've seen it over this last week or two, that many say they believe and, and confess they believe in Jesus, but when it comes to hearing his voice and knowing him and following him, it is a totally different story. So I want you to understand uh, uh, as, as we go through this passage together is that the emphasis is on hearing the voice, knowing him, and following him. The emphasis not just on believing. So Christ's sheep, do you hear his voice? Do you really believe that voice? And how have you done this week even in just following the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ? Second thing from this passage that is important is, is that Christ knows you completely, inside out. 
He says in verse 14 and 15, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father. You are known by the Lord Jesus Christ as his lamb, as his sheep, completely. You see, the good shepherd knows you inside out. He knows everything. You may sometimes find that you are a mystery to yourself, but you are never a mystery to the Lord Jesus Christ. In Psalm 103 verse 14, it says this, the Lord knows your frame. In other words, from inside to outside, your temperament, your mood, what lifts you up, what motivates you, what gets you down. The Lord knows all of these things about you. And today as you listen to me, there is nothing that you can tell Jesus that will take him by surprise because he already knows you. Because he says he knows his sheep. He has the joy in following the Lord Jesus Christ as one of his sheep. He knows me completely. And because he knows me completely, he's able to lead me effectively. And because he knows me completely, he knows what I need. And he's able to give me what I need, even before I ask. The third thing that's important here is that as the shepherd, Christ gives himself to his sheep. Verse 11 and verse 15 says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I lay down my life for the sheep. Here's something so wonderful to think about is that the good shepherd will, is, is willing and continuously will lay down his life for you. You see, everything that Jesus does for you is because he is compassionate. He has a passion for you. He loves you. He's motivated by love. He is, and his passion is for you today. His compassion is for you. When he gave himself into the hands of the arresting party in the Garden of Gethsemane, it was because he loves you, and it was for you. When he was scourged and beaten, it was because he loves you, and it was for you. When he was condemned to death on the cross, it was because he loves you, and it was for you. Never forget that Jesus chose to suffer. He, it was not imposed on him. He actually says it himself, that he willingly gave himself. In verse 18, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down at my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it up again. Jesus, my dear friend, listen to me today, accomplished everything he had come to do when he gave himself in the end completely into death. And this is what he has done for you as a good shepherd. Christ's sheep can say with Paul, as Paul records in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, the Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. The fourth thing that is important from this passage is that Christ called you and brought you to himself. He says in verse 16 of chapter 10, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. And who do you think he's referring to? To you and me as Gentiles. He's referring to us. He says, I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. You see, 
I've, I've got a little bit of farming background, but I've also watched some other farmers do exactly what I'm going to tell you now. When it comes to modern day farming, we deal with our sheep very, very different to the way that shepherds uh, in the biblical times dealt with their sheep. You see, when we want to do something, when we want to administer medicine or, 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 or shear our sheep, we will drive them into a pen. And then from there on into a crush or a drukgang in Afrikaans. A crush that is a narrow part at the end of the pen. We would physically drive them into it. And it's quite a rough thing because then they grab them by the wool. And you can see in the eyes of this sheep, their eyes are really, really big at this time. And then you go ahead and you repair them and you fix them and you share them or give them medicine or do whatever you want to do. And then you drive them out on the other side and you can see them run away and then they calm down again. You see, the modern farmer, my dear friend, has not really got a relationship with his sheep like the farmers in biblical times had. In biblical times, and we'll continue with this theme uh, in the weeks to come as well, in the biblical times, there was a relationship with the sheep. They knew their name and so on and so on as well. We'll come back to that at another time. You see, pretty much in the days that we live in, uh, sheep are driven to obedience by the shepherd. And out of fear, they will follow the shepherd. And that's how some of us follow Jesus. And I don't think that was his intention. I think his intention was to be like in biblical times, is to be drawn to him. As the Bible says, he brings us to himself. He, bring, he doesn't force us, he brings us to himself. He calls us by name and leads us out, verse three says. The sheep who are called by my name are the sheep who enter by the door. I am the door, Jesus says. If anyone enters by the door, he will be saved. I want you to get this picture that physically, actually, when you go through the door, you will actually see how much effort the shepherd has done to get you in there. But he hasn't driven you in. He hasn't beaten you in there. You've given into that call. But, uh, you know, there was a lot of sacrifice involved in getting you in there. It wasn't just a passive and a shepherd sitting inside the kraal there and hoping that you would respond and come in. They, you know, he sent your mother across your path, your, your father, your grandfather, your uncle, your, your schoolmates and your friends at work. And everybody worked together to get you in. And, and he orchestrated that because he desperately wants you to fall in love with him. And he did that because of a deep love and concern for you. Once you were out there, you will, once you were in, in here, in the crawl, you'll realize that when you were out there, that he often, he often carried you on his shoulders to get you inside. You just didn't notice it. First thing, and there's two more after this, quickly, that I want to go over, is Christ owns you and will never abandon you. Listen to verse 14 and verse 27. I am the good shepherd. I know my own. My own know me. My sheep hear my voice. He owns you. He will not abandon. What, what a marvelous thought this is, is to be owned, completely owned by the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, to be given to him and to be owned by him. And then he, and he highlights a couple of things and he says, the hired man is very different when it comes to the sheep. The hired man does not care as much for the sheep as the shepherd does himself. Because the hired man sees a paycheck and not the sheep. 
The hired man is looking for a reward and not necessarily has the same concern. He does what he's doing because he's paid to do it. But the shepherd does it because he loves the sheep. You see, the hired person will put a little bit of effort in it, but if he doesn't think he's getting enough out of it, the hired person will not continue with his commitment. But the shepherd will remain committed. Christ does not care for you because of what he can get out of you. Christ cares for you, not like the one who is hired. Christ cares for you because you are his. You are his sheep. He will never look at you and say, it is not worth it. He will never say to you that that he's going to abandon you because he paid such a high price for you. He will never forsake you. With such a shepherd commitment to your life, why do we fear? The sixth thing here, second last, is that Christ gives you eternal life. He owns you. He will never abandon you and he gives you eternal life. Verse 28 says exactly this. I give them eternal life and they will not perish. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one, but it's very clear that he has given it to you, this priceless gift, not because you've been so good, but he's just given it to you because he loves you so much. I'm talking to you about the shepherd today that loves you, that loves you. The last thing that is important for us to realize from this passage today is that Christ guards you and will keep you forever. Folks, here is a sense of security when it comes to our relationship with the shepherd. Verse 28 and verse 29 says this. It says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. This is the reason for our confidence today, this week, next month, the next few months, is that no pressure, no outside pressure, no disaster, no virus, nothing will be able to stand against you and take you away from the Lord Jesus Christ. You are his and you are in his hands. I love that passage that says we are in the father's hands and and no one will be able to snatch you out of the father's hands. And he says, I and the father are one. You know what A.W. Pink says this, the hand of Christ is beneath us and the hand of the father is above us. Thus we are secured between the clasps, hands of omnipotence. That's true. And I get the picture of a coin. I mean, when we were younger, we used to place a coin in your hand and somebody had to try and take it out of your hand. But if you clasp that, if you close your hand and, and you've got a hand over it, it is impossible to take that coin. And that's the picture here today. The good shepherd, because he loves you so much, has got you in the palm of his hand. He will guard you and guide you and keep you and feed you because he loves you. I hope that you feel that security today. Jesus is your shepherd.